2: i like nonsense it wakes up the brain cells it's a way of looking at life through the wrong end of a telescope which is what i do and that enables you to laugh at life's realities dr seuss hello and welcome to just make the thing a podcast of people like me i'm claire tonti your host who want to start a thing and keep on making it my guests today are two of the funniest silliest and cleverest humans you might care to meet their love of the details and their own way of looking at the world through the other end of the telescope is refreshing and funny and downright necessary celia picola and luke mcgregor Remind us that you can be a grown-up and still have water fights with sponges, tell spooky stories and laugh at your own jokes. These two might just be some of the best-loved comedians in Australia. Luke and Celia also happen to be great mates and clearly think the other is top. From their hilarious roles in the show Utopia to their years of stand-up and now their own hit TV show Rosehaven on the ABC, for which they're currently writing the third season, these two are talented. The biggest lesson I learnt from them was that to achieve anything you need to do the work. And keep doing the work. Simple, but hard and true. I skedaddled myself over there to see them mid writing session and immediately wanted to just stay and hang out while they talked back and forth at each other, covering everything from Tony Robbins' Me Too debacle, to astronauts arguing on the way to the moon, and most importantly Luke's impending foray into gangster rap. What I admire most about these two is that they have clearly done the work and more than that, care really deeply about what they do and want to continually challenge themselves creatively and just as humans. I didn't tell Celia this, but one of my favourite performances of hers was a role in an Australian drama called Beautiful Lies based on Tolstoy's Anna Karenina. Her character Dolly manages to be frank and heartbreaking and funny all in one. Luke's TV show, Lukewarm Sex, is hilarious, but also such a great example of someone who by sharing his struggles and insecurities around sex and relationships, ultimately empowers himself and gives voice to, I'm sure, a lot of stuff people feel but don't say. Both of these two can seriously create. Whether it's acting, writing or stand-up comedy, I get the sense that Luke and Celia are like that Aussie favourite Hugh Jackman, just great at everything they put their mind to while also genuinely being good sorts. And who knows, maybe they'll one day write and star in their own Boy From Oz style rap musical. I wouldn't put it past either of them. Onwards guys, onwards.
0: Okay, do you want to do a, just a bit of a talk? Sure, this is where I am talking if I am at this position.
2: That is a good, good. position. Do you want yes, to do a laugh for me? Oh no, I can't. it. no. no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all right you don't have ha, to do laugh
0: Ha ha! look tell me one of your hilarious you probably won't, won't laugh schedule. at
1: all
0: <laughs> that was real good
2: Sweet. it was all good i'll just, te- I'll just can i te- get that
0: that's it clip please laugh, so i've got a thing where a button go. so it goes whenever i go like this is my great joke and then i'll read it and then i'll press it there <laughs> you go ha, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> that's really good
2: okay well Shall we just get started, Luke and Celia? Sure. Yeah, great. Cool. Okay. Today I have with me Celia Facola and Luke McGregor, which yo. is very exciting.
0: You've never said yo before in I know. Your life. I'm trying I don't know I'm why on, acting huh? like yo. Yo. That's how I say <laughs> how I was it. practicing
1: it this morning and now it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it's like you're seeing watching the Defiant Ones on Netflix. It's so good. It's really, really good. Yeah. Um, I wish I could rap. I guess... I guess everyone can sing or rap, but it's just varying levels of bad. Can
0: I raise a point that might be hurtful? <laughs> is that sometimes you like one of the defining characteristics of rap is speaking quickly, yeah. and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you kind of struggle to speak in a normal, normal amount voices. of speed, speeding that up and having to keep a beat behind it. I mean, it's it's all the more big of a challenge that when you overcome it, you're like Eminem style. Eight Mile movie will be phenomenal.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> speech, long speech therapist scene. It's um.
0: Hey, it'd be like Eight Mile and the King's Speech.
1: Well, Yeah, wow. Well, huh. That's brilliant. i start writing it. Um, <laughs> it's. I mean, it's a great idea. Um, can we have the podcast here, I'm gonna get, yeah. get to get to get, get get start put, turning out some pages. What kind couldn't of, rap even, of even even What do you about. think?
0: You'd, what do you think you'd do rap about?
1: I don't know. Um, maybe you could do a song that's like your journey to try and be better at rapping so the song starts what? off and you can't rap very well and by the end of the song <laughs> oh my god it's you're rapping really well um but that's that's true though right you can it, i mean technically everyone can do everything but some people are really good at it like yes. i could I, I mean i could i could operate on someone but i probably they'd probably die <laughs> probably not on me so you want to um. you want to you want uh, a doctor but but i don't know i don't know what his point is to be honest. you kind could of a, do it Yeah, in the
0: the realms of possibility in the universe, you absolutely you could do a rap now. Actually, I think
2: I am agreeing with you, and you've been a friend of his for quite a while, so you would know.
1: Oh, and then I can say. Luke, that was great. So we pretend we've cut out my rap and you guys have heard it, but I, I don't want it on the podcast because I don't want people to hear it early. Wait until it's got a label That's and true. stuff.
2: Okay, so I'll wait like six months to release the episode yeah. so you can go away,
1: do your rap. To to um to yeah. fall in line yeah. with my tour dates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, coincide. I like it. It's impressive. Well, on that note of your burgeoning rap career, I would like to start and just ask you both a question because obviously you've been friends for a long time and you write together now. Why, Celia? Do you think that Luke is in comedy as opposed to like rap?
0: Oh, rap okay, stuff? right. Just before we do that, can I just say, Luke? You, got, I feel bad now that I feel like you're mad at me that I made fun of. Well, it wasn't that I mentioned
1: that you. No, that's, thing. that's with our. We're at we're at the we're at the we're at the master level of friendship now. Okay, we, good. we can we, when when, it's, sure. when when no matter how insulting it gets, we just assume that it's coming from a place of love. Right, I, I feel like we're at a. It we're absolutely at a, is. We're I feel at a. Like it's not a secret. Yeah, we're like we like third down black belt friends, okay, so good. it's fine.
0: Good. Just checking
1: otherwise, it would be paranoid about it the whole time. All right,
0: why do I think Luke? So I just going to get some tissues. No, no. <laughs> Why do I think Luke is doing comedy and not rap? So, or just like comedy? Do you want to? Yeah. Do you want to agree
1: yeah. early? Do you want to agree now before you answer to both do a serious one or both do a funny one? Or oh, do you? you I'll really just see, it. I'll see how see how you go, and I'll I'll base mine on yours. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I think it's probably similar reason that mine is, which is sounds mean, but it's not because we because he wouldn't do anything else, and he has done other things, but I don't think even no matter what you he would do, it would also be funny in some way, shape or form. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, so that's, this is just – <laughs> so you could, you know, work in a bank but you'd still be a funny man who works in a bank and has funny thoughts because that's just who you are but it's just that you've chosen to make that the job as well.
1: It's like it bleeds out of you. It's like if you're trying to do something else that's coming. It's like you're trying to cover – like, I don't know, when I was working in superannuation or something, it's like you're trying to stop a – a boat leaking, or something, you got all your hands on the walls, so the, the comedy keeps leaking out. It's just like, yeah. I can't I'll hold that, this back anymore, I have to follow this path instead. So it's like a comedy dam. Yeah, it builds up gets, and then you start making more and more jokes in meetings, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not actually doing the job anymore. Now. I'm just i literally just at the office cracking jokes. I should get out of here.
2: Right. <laughs> and what about Celia? Why do you think she's doing comedy?
1: Um, I think because um, I just think it's because it's it's Celia's. Like, I mean, again, I'm projecting here, but it's her most um, it's her expressing herself in the. It's her. It's the. It's her giving the most of herself of anything she could do. Like I think it's the same. No matter what job Celia had, she will be funny in it. So comedy is the sort of a, a, the true expression. The true expression of herself or her. her wow. So I think art or creativity is something that sort of I don't know. Celia's just naturally got in her. Um, so I think, um, and then the fact that she's also extremely funny is. Um, lucky a bonus you know, it's, it's a, yeah it's like a, it's like but yeah i just yeah i just don't i just don't think anything else is is and i, I i'd say this the same for me nothing else is more her than when mm. she's creating and making people laugh right? mm.
0: and i don't have i have no backup like i was a waitress there's never been anything else there's never been i was a teacher for but one a of the or best huh one of the best or? waitress i was i was god i was i was <laughs> like fine dining waitress Ooh. I could do silver service carving at the table, demoning fish at the table. Big, teats. really, really fancy. Yeah, but also big pressure. It's just weird. It's just I was very good at. It.
1: Oh, that story of you having to do the bookings. Remember?
0: Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I went to one of the places I worked. I moved to doing, like hosting, doing taking the bookings because I was getting really stressed. I thought maybe this will be a lot easier, just doing the bookings. Actually, it was more stressful because I worked in a place where, like, it would take six months to get a Saturday night booking, that kind of stuff. People, it was thousands, thousands of dollars So if you made a mistake booking, you wouldn't know that you made a mistake. Then you would find out in five months' time when mm. someone turns up with their family that they've been planning for months. And they're like, where's our table? And you're like, uh. so I just was so stressed. I was a wreck working there because you just go home going – is today the day that all of the mistakes I made two months ago that I've forgotten about comes crashing down in my head So Oh,
2: my God. Yeah. That makes comedy sound easy. Huh? Oh. Do you get nervous doing comedy in the same way?
0: Uh, yeah, it's a different type of – it's a different – well, the, vets the opposite comedy you find out immediately. <laughs> you know – I mean, you can get a bad review later, but you know if it's not going to be good, it's in the moment. It's pretty straightforward, which is um, why well, I think it would be weird doing drama or uh, plays or something, like you know, where – you don't get the feedback till the end. Like Mm -hmm. someone watching in silence, loving something, is very similar to someone watching in silence hating
1: something. Yeah, I've never um I never thought of it like that, but you're right. Yeah. Well,
0: this is why they're the most confident. When I, was, I lived in London for a bit and one time I went to like an actors showcase thing. So, it was a bunch of actors who'd done some 6-month course and they were putting on like monologues and it was the most confident group of people I've ever seen in my whole life. Walking out, singing, and I'm like, "Where did these people get this confidence?" And then I went, "Oh, that's because they've never had to do that on a Saturday night in front of a group of drunk idiots. You know what I mean? The confidence <laughs> yeah. that never, actors would never get heckled. I mean, yeah. Actors don't get, you know, when you're doing that kind of stuff, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, they don't know. Like whereas I walk on stage going, I know what, what can happen up here.
1: And we've got a real, <laughs> really? there's a really clear feedback loop. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah. we, we
0: think they don't know till the end and people are generally nice. So even if it was awful, they're going to go, that was. That was no, good. you're still going to clap at the end. Yeah, you're yeah. Gonna, yeah. Still gonna clap. yeah, like a musician. who's still even gonna if clap someone's at the perform.
1: End. If someone's you know done a monologue for ten minutes to me, I'm still even if I hate okay. it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm still going to clap because yeah. it's just like I appreciate exactly. the effort. But that's yeah.
0: weird. I know a lot of actors are like that and are very racked with <laughs> nerves <laughs> and stuff as well. But anyway, that was just yeah. I just remember being like, oh my god, I'd be so scared to walk out and have that confidence. But I just thought, yeah, I reckon.
2: Yeah. What's it like as a comedian being up there? I want to ask you about. The bits where it's like, "Holy shit, this is going terrible." But was do you remember the first gig where you were like, "I am the best at this"?
1: For me, it was my um, it's going to sound arrogant, but it was my first gig. Um, I, I was absolutely killing it just by telling the crowd to um, be quiet um, because you're going to you're about to lose your mind at how how good I am. <laughs> um, like I was getting people to put down drinks and getting people to put their phones away and, pay, and turn around and pay, like so everyone was on board. And then the last two and a half minutes of the gig, I absolutely bombed because I didn't have any jokes. But um, <laughs> um, even even worse because I'd psyched people up to listen. Um, but it it was like I was coming home or something. Like I was up on stage. It was the first gig I'd ever done, so I didn't care if it went badly or not. I never figured I'd never do it again. But um, it wasn't until like the second and third gig and then the fourth where I started to really bomb because I realized, oh, this is actually, this is harder than I thought thought um um but it's that but that first one that first one was just like like i i, I every time i do well at a gig it reminds me of that very first gig i did where i didn't have any fear it was just me trying something new and it was working mm. and i loved it i think that quite, i think i think was that was that your question I'm so sorry yeah, that, that <laughs> was.
2: it sounds like heroin like chasing that first high Again, that sounds terrible. Oh, I no, no.
1: That. I mean, if you, I guess if I had, if you had on and did your first gig and it was going well, that would be the just the best day that ever. That would be the
2: ultimate. What about you? Do you remember your first one that oh, was man, awesome?
0: I don't know. I remember the first big laugh at the first gig, at that first gig, just having so, but I was terrified. Um, Do you but what I remember the wall of like, yeah, it was, it was, it was, um, and classic mistake that people, that annoys me now, which is people doing their first gig calling themselves a comedian. Which they're not, but I did. The same thing. It's like I told my mum, but I said I'm trying. I'm going to try and at least say I'm a comedian. It's so funny to see people doing their first gig as a comedian. All
1: right, <laughs> all, right <mate. laughs> all right, give it a week until <laughs> the degree comes through. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, when did you call was, yourself a comedian? It was. Um, I think I told my mum, "Mum, I'm going to try and be a comedian," and she said, "You stupid girl, you can't change colours. <laughs> i said you're thinking of chameleon oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's
1: good better than any of the ones i did my first <laughs>
0: uh, so i got a wall i remember that like pull laugh but then i don't know i still feel weird calling myself a comedian actually i call myself a comedian way more now that i've done a lot of other things because mm. i get people go think of me a lot of people would think of me as an actor and mm. i'm like no no i'm a comedian I'm a comedian first and before all that other stuff because mm. um, that's the main thing but yeah I think when I started making a living from it, um, but there was a time where I really struggled with what to put. You know, when you're at the airport and you have to write comedian. Uh, and, and
1: yes, bit. I do. Um, but if I'm in a cab or something, and uh, or if I'm if I don't really want to talk about it, I'll just say um, producer. I think. I uh-huh. usually go with, or, or I usually go with producer or. Um, uh, I say I
0: work in a chicken shop. Yeah, I like, right there,
1: Yeah, sorry. like I don't know, like I usually say I usually say production. I'm in production yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, someone told me though, like you don't need to define it because I was like I don't know what to write down because I used to put down writer yeah. when I started because yeah. I was like hey, yeah but kind of thought maybe that'll have next question and someone's like you can just put down you're just an artist doesn't matter you don't <laughs> need to define yourself you're just an artist right and then I was on I think it was Roadshow in Hong Kong or someone but I was in some shop looking at cameras I don't know anyway and he's like. Asked me what I did and I was like, I'm gonna try that out, right? Like, I'm I'm an artist. And he's like, So you paint? And I was like, Oh no, like you're a painter. And I'm like, No, 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 I'm I'm a, I'm an artist, like a, and he's like painter, and I'm like, Oh, and I just bowed one, I'm a comic, and he goes, Oh, so you draw comics, comic books. So I'm like, No, no, like. <laughs> yeah, just, so from so then on I was just, like, <laughs> just easier to go so
2: comedians <laughs> yeah it, of the things because you both are writers and actors as well um, and I love the show Rosehaven is amazing and awesome and you're in the middle of writing season we're three writing yeah. at this very as table at yeah. this yeah. table I know taking a break at the moment yeah. we're back <laughs> no, I know if it's terrible it's my fault I've distracted you no no it's podcast. all good yeah,
0: um, if there's like a five minute gap in the middle of episode five that's you yeah. Yeah. Blank, <laughs> Your fault. that's when we yeah. take a break our
1: characters just stand there staring at each other <laughs> That's you.
0: <laughs> I might use that as a claim
2: to fame. Like, that was me, guys. <laughs> Derailing it. Of the things that you do, so comedian and writer and actor and other things, what's your favourite? What do you enjoy the most? Um, they It
1: goes up and down. Sometimes when I'm doing stand-up, I miss – sometimes if I'm not doing – usually whatever one I'm not doing, I haven't done in a while, I miss it. Um like, because uh, sometimes we'll talk about Stan and we're like, "God, we don't want to do this anymore." Like sometimes you just, and then, and then I'll, then I'll miss it, and then when I'm writing, I, I love writing. Probably writing, I, I have the most love for, or the most often. It's just because um there's no pressure of performing in front of a crowd or performing in front of a camera. You can just be on your own and do it, and you, I don't know, in bed or whatever. So mm. even though it, it bugs me sometimes with what a deadline, it's probably the one I never have the have the least hatred for whereas the other two um i love doing them but sometimes i don't know if you've been filming 12 14 hour days consecutively or or you do or you've got a big gig that um there's a lot of pressure on sometimes um uh so i think probably writing's my oh no they're all my favorite i don't know i like all of them they're all different i guess yeah. do you have
0: a face i like them all more when i'm doing them all sort of at the same time like i like stand up more when i'm doing other things i don't like things when that's the only thing I've got going on because it puts a lot of pressure on that one mm. thing. Mm. Um, like if I'm just doing stand-up, then that becomes really important. But if I'm doing stand-up as well as us, like, for example, the festival's on the moment, so I'm doing my stand-up show, but we're writing during the day, so it takes mm. – It's if the show – in my mind I'm like, well, if the show's not going well, I've got this other thing going on. Mm. But If yeah. I was only ever doing one thing, um, I've said that. And also, yeah, you like different things about uh, different things, mainly – What I love about stand-up is I get to say whatever I want to say and then what I love about acting is for once somebody else tells me what to say, it's the (laughs) best. I just have to turn up and say it. So I love acting for having all of that being someone else's problem and Mm. I just get to turn up and do that bit. Mm. But if I was just doing acting all the time, then I'd miss being able to just do my stuff and be just about me. And also Mm. acting I like and writing with Luke is doing stuff with someone else like to have somebody else in the room mm. to be able to collaborate with, but then also I love that I've got my own stuff as well that I can just do whatever
2: I as well. Mm. So you've got fingers in lots of different pies. Oh, mate! but well, this is the thing yeah. with comedy.
0: It, no one I know is just a stand-up. Mm. There's some people who that's their main thing, but it's it's just you just got to be diverse. I mean, if you want to make a living from it in this country, like radio, you've got to be able. You just sort of, it's better for your career if you're able to
2: do everything and.
0: And you want, I mean, I just would want to. That's why this is exciting. I didn't get into comedy to make a TV show, but it just sort of happened that way. And when it came up, it was like, all right, this is the next new exciting thing that we haven't tried yet. Let's give that a shot.
2: How did you do that? Like, how did you, because you you guys are TV writers and you star in your own show. I mean, that is like the pinnacle, I would say, for a lot of people out there.
1: How'd you do it? I think like the the, the, hard part for us, I think, especially the, the first season was just us fearing that, we wouldn't be able to do it. Like we'd say yes to this opportunity and then well, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do no that. We didn't know. It's yeah.
0: It's yeah. gonna be the first time sometimes, or,
1: or that we'd make the we'd make a, a shit show or something. And then we so then we're writing it and then um we were worried during the writing, then we're filming it worrying if it's any good and then when we saw the first edit, we're like, Oh God and then and then by the end of it we're you know, we're really happy with them doing the second season. But and then you get worried, oh are we gonna be able pull it for going to pull off a second season. It's weird. It's um but There's some part of you deep down, I think, that's got to believe that it's that you can do it or that you're or that you deserve it or that you're grateful for it. So, Mm -hmm. and it's really it could be tiny, (laughs) almost invisible, but there's got to be some party that goes, Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) But I also think the way that it happened in that how we got it was a real snowball thing. So, like Luke and I both had our careers for this many years and built up a trust with the ABC, built up our experience, put the runs on the board in the comedy world and we'd both, I'd written jokes for TV show before, we'd done an episode of It's a Date, like yeah. we weren't going from nothing to this thing and it was a long process. So it's just a little step at a time. It wasn't, it, it, more and more, it's even it's rarely that someone's plucked out, here you go, make a TV show from nothing. like, mm. And then even when we knew it was going to, they were interested in us pitching something, then there was the pitching process and, So it's just a little bit at a time. Yeah. Yeah, and like even now this series three, we're like, okay, well, how can we challenge ourselves further, which is maybe being more involved in stuff in the actual production side of the show. And
1: there's constant little hurdles we have to prove ourselves. Even if you get a show up, then we had to sort of show outlines and then we had to show that we could write a character and we had to, um, you know, it was all, all these little Hurdles yes. where, but as you get over each one, you start to feel like, oh, yeah, this is probably something we can maybe do.
0: Yeah, because we're the kind of the adv- the advice is, how do I get a TV show up? It's like, well, do comedy for ten years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know but, what I
2: mean? but do uh, the work.
0: Yeah, do the work. I mean, it's yeah.
1: yeah. If and to be honest, most people I think have most people who do comedy at some point. If you're doing consistently good gigs, then you can probably get a meeting with whoever you want after a while. Like, as you stand, if you stand ups. Um, good, but the, the tricky part is, I, I don't know, and I never know what advice to give people if they say, I'm not a stand up, how do I get a meeting? I'm like, I've got no idea, to be honest. I, I don't, um, that's the other advantage with yeah. being a tenant
0: is because you can invite people to come and see you, yeah. Whereas, I imagine how frustrating it would be if you were purely an actor because it's not like you can go, I feel like acting tonight, I'll go somewhere and do five minutes of acting, yeah, come. yeah. Whereas, as a comedian, you can go, I can get up pretty much any night of the week somewhere, and you can. Say to people, come and watch me and what I do. Mm. So there is a, a sort of advantage to that, but yeah, I don't know. Making your own stuff that really works for a lot of a lot of people, I guess. If you weren't a stand-up to make, yeah. If you if you
1: just checking something up on YouTube or uh, even, I mean, the the pitch that we were successful with, I think we only wrote about half a page or a page for Rosehaven. Um, but it's yeah. So uh, even even just even just sending in something to um, because I'm pretty sure there's a dep- I'm pretty sure there's a department or something in either ABC or most networks where someone reads submissions. Yeah. It just might not necessarily get to the person it needs to to mm. get it up. So I think even just just submitting is something. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, I don't know. It's hard, and then you got to worry about I don't know someone selling your idea. I don't know. There's so many this. It's the boring. way but the way we did it was through stand up, getting, getting seen, and then yeah. getting and a meeting for and writers
0: then. getting in touch with the Australian Writers Guild. Oh yeah, who are yeah. really yeah. there to to protect writers because your idea and your script is all you've got, you know, and that can be a scary process to shop that around. I don't really know, but I think yeah, that would be a be good right. place to start. It great it's if every advice. network just yeah. had a little
1: Dropbox at the front <laughs> and said, just so you know, your ideas will protect we won't steal well, them. Well, it was really uh, frank, when Luke and I were in <laughs> New York.
0: No big deal. But we walked past. <laughs> Very cool. HBO. Do you remember when we Oh, yeah, we will past HBO. We him. were like, <laughs> like, just in the middle of the city. It was, like, it was just a foyer. It was just, just a, a HBO foyer like with all thing. these, get all the these paper, awards. Get a paper, get a pen. Let's write down an idea on a piece of paper and just go, I would like to speak to Mr. HBO, <laughs> Or Mrs. HBO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, game paper playing it through Game, a game got a great of idea. space. Game of space. Game of space. <laughs> game of space. Give it to us. Um, yeah, yeah,
1: just, yeah, just a foyer there with a whole bunch of awards in the foyer. It was crazy.
2: So exciting. On that too, because I know you said to me, Luke, that you guys had a whole lot of ideas that you pitched before you pitched the idea for Rose Haven how do you guys handle all of the ideas coming at you in your brain all the time the, the, is that a question that makes sense
1: yeah the, the basically there was a lot of failed pitches the first pitch we did we thought was just the best thing with ever, anyone's ever come up with in the history of television um that got rejected very quickly um but i think the thing that helped was getting to the core of what we wanted to make which is two best friends in over their heads um and then having to rely on each other to, to get through it so we knew that was the core and then you know whether they were um on a spaceship police etc we we're able to keep pitching things knowing that as long as we get to that core idea it'll be okay mm. i think we actually did have a couple at some at some one point but we just knew it would be Celia and i against the world huh? yeah. doing something being cool. yeah yeah which
2: kind of sounds like what you do now not mm-hmm. against the
1: world, but like creating. Yeah, trying they're trying
2: to bring us down. They're everywhere.
1: They're everywhere. They'll bring you down. My computer's had a batteries. So I didn't use it yesterday.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I guess what I was sort of going to with my question too is about like where do your ideas come from in a way? Like do they, Do you wake up in the morning and you're like, I've got three ideas for a stand-up show or that could be a cool TV show or is it more No, organic?
0: I don't think either of us are concept-like uh, are like pitch people. We're not like, all right. There's a show. we don't. It was quite hard to get the big ideas, like the one line
1: mm, ideas.
0: Yeah. I think both of us are very much in the details. Are our favourite places to play. So, is in the is in the the jokes and the little just bits of chit chat. So small things. Sometimes it just comes out. I don't know. Where do you get your ideas? <laughs> Depends. The stand up and Roseanne stuff is is different. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but it'll come from everywhere. Sometimes it'll just be a conversation or a text you get or a thing that happened to you or usually from life, basically. It's very rare that, um, I don't know, a bunch of odd ideas sort of come together to form yeah. something that's outside or with of the show. Yeah. Now we go,
0: who are the characters that we really have fun with and what would it be funny to see them do? What would happen if we put these two people together? You know yeah. how would they behave. So now that we're in a series three, it's more that stuff. It's more we've got the world. What fun can we have now? Whereas stand up is is more. I mean, for me, it's what's happening in my life and what I'm passionate to talk about right now.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's that's that's the same with me. That what 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 do I really like talking about, and then trying to find the funny within that, um, mm. because. I Shows you've got to do so many times. you got to talk, you know, so you want, you want it to be topics that you're like, yes, this really is something I care about. Or it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes it can just be a random joke. But often I, I try and start from a place of, what do I want to, what do I want to say?
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And with the show, it's finding the structure, you know, so it's good, a good story so it's got enough twists and turns and payoffs and drama It just best friend drama, but then also finding ways that it's the most is this the most entertaining it could be? Like making even little side characters. If they're saying something that's exposition, is there a way they can say that funnier or have a twist on rather than just being an exposition person? Go, okay, well, we've got to have a character in there, we might as well give them like what would be. And we also do think as doing acting stuff in the past, what would be a fun script for someone to get? What would Mm. someone get a read and go? This is a, this is this would be fun. This would yeah. be cool. Yeah. Um, Rather than just Luke and I being stuff, like we really want it to be an ensemble thing. And also, we like to have some scenes off from now and then because yeah. we're into <laughs> So the more pick lines we give to, to other characters. Did um, you
2: do you ever write
0: with people in mind, uh, like actors in mind, or? It's it's not really. Sometimes, it's not really.
1: It's pretty rare. It's so risky because you don't know who you're going to get, or whether someone's going to be available, or whether they want to do it. So mm-hmm. yeah, usually. We don't. We just try and write a character we think will be funny, and then we try and find someone for it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think we wrote um, the exception. I guess would be David Quirk's character yeah. in the show. He was someone we um, we auditioned other people, but we thought um, it was always sort of Quirk. In it his was. Mind. We we always wanted Quirk to be <laughs> the one. Um, so every line was kind of written with his in his voice. If he if he didn't get it, or if he sorry if he didn't want to do it, then we probably wasn't able to. We probably would have had to have tweaked that character a little. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was, it's a risk because then it's like because then we were sort of like, God, if we don't get him, how are we going to make this work? Unless we could find someone like yeah, him.
2: Yeah. Um. I want to change tack a little bit now. What were you guys like in high school? I know that's a big question. This is,
0: helpful, this is an area that is really fun for both of us. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, <laughs> I
2: shouldn't have asked. Well, it's kind of why I wanted to ask because I was awful in high school and a big nerd and bullied a lot. And I find sometimes that that's a common thread that sometimes – creates people who do creative stuff. Not always.
0: Yeah, it's rare. I used to think that. I used to think that pretty much everyone who does comedy, that there was never the – no one who does comedy is was the popular kid in school. But mm. I've now met a couple. So yeah. there's exceptions to the rule. I hate those people. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, also – well, I don't know. It's one of those things. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. I'm from the country and I went to a fancy girls' school and I mm. it was harrowing is the worst i hated it i hated it thoroughly but it's over now yeah I I hated it too. and they keep asking me to come and do talks at the school because i've been on tv and i'm like you don't want me to come and talk at this school because i will tell them that <laughs> That's i right, hated right. it <laughs>
1: yeah yeah I, was saying, I didn't like i didn't like school <laughs> i was so glad it was finished and when you're in school i mean I, I actually went back to my old school recently and just talked to the students and they were um I you did it yeah yes. i was it was it was okay it wasn't as bad as i thought um but it was. Uh, I was trying to talk to the students, just saying, look, if anyone is hating it here, then just it's it. Does, it doesn't feel like it, but it will be over eventually, and you will you will get over it. Well, it'll always be part of your, who you are. But but it it will be finished at some point, and then you you'll only have to hang out with people you like. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's just. I, I really didn't like it. I didn't feel like I had. I had some good friends, but I. Um, I never felt secure in that, and I and I um I just got and I got bullied a lot, like even the friends I did have, I didn't feel like I was um just because I wasn't. Not, it's not their fault. I just wasn't. I didn't. I never felt really secure in myself to really feel like someone else would like me. It was a mm. it was a yeah. High school sucked.
2: It's, <laughs> and it's just that one window in your life, isn't it that. It's such a short period of time; it can shape so much of where you go next. I think, or yeah, I had also maybe. had a, one
1: of my one of my cousins was a teacher there, which I thought would be brilliant, but he was so <laughs> handsome The people would go, "How are you guys from the same gym?" Pool? Oh, um, and I, I'm just like, this this, this sucks. This is about ba- this backfire to me big time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, do do you you use some of that in your writing? Do you think, or in your stand up?
0: We both have done in yeah. the past. I don't really talk about it anymore.
1: Yeah, I got jokes from high school, but not not heaps. Yeah, no. not,
0: not really.
2: So now is it? It's more. It's just directly related to your life experience and. What yeah, you're going I through? feel
0: like you burn up your stories from the past pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> annoyingly, you know what I mean. Yeah, like yeah you Because right. you first stand, up, you're like, "Why? Well, what's funny from my past, past and who I am?" Yeah. Blah blah. And yeah, now it's. geez, I hope something funny happens to me today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope I get my handbird on this toaster or something yeah. just like <laughs> I need something <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah yeah I saw Hannah Gadsby's show and she talked a lot about comedy is like trauma plus time mm-hmm. do you ever find that that or that it's hard kind of having to find terrible things that have happened to you to make light of? or have you changed the tack now the way you
1: write I think it's a I think it's one you know resource or uh, you know, mine to get material from, but there's uh, material can come in from elsewhere as well. I think sometimes just like sometimes I'll just get random. Sometimes just stuff will just trigger. Like I don't know. Like when I was looking up, because I was a bit obsessed with, oh, I still am, I guess. But I, you know, the mission to Mars, and um, I just started, I just started thinking about how, and I, I think I just, I think I saw a. I think I just saw the moon. I was just looking at the moon out of the car window and I just started thinking about the mission to the moon. And then I started thinking about when we go to Mars eventually and or another planet and how famous the astronauts were that landed on the moon, especially Neil Armstrong. And then, you know, at some point someone will be the first person to walk on Mars, which means there's going to be, but there'll be more people there. So at some point we'll have to have a discussion about who goes first you know, knowing that that person will become ridiculously famous and the second person who goes probably won't and then there'll be someone else who just has to pile up the ship and then I just started thinking about what sort of argument that'll result in and then I started talking about that. And and that that didn't really come from anywhere other than I just started overthinking the the mission. Um,
0: (laughs) Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
2: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: <laughs> but, um, and then other times I'll come up with a joke about something that hurt me in the past, uh, but usually as a way to deal with it or a way to process it for myself. Mm. Um, because usually if I write a bit about something, I've, I don't know, not gotten over it, but it's, uh, I don't know, it feels like it's slightly, I feel like I'm I'm healing, I'm starting to heal if I can start to laugh at something that's, mm. even if it is bad.
2: Yeah, well, it breaks the tension. Yeah, it,
1: like I, it, yeah. I kept my OCD tendencies for, secret for ages, for years, until um, I started doing stand-up and that was the first time I started talking about them. And even though I've still got many, I don't feel as, um, I don't feel alone or uh, like it's, uh, I don't know, they're out there. So I don't feel like, um, I don't feel as bad about them anymore.
2: Yeah. Yeah. How have you found people's reaction once you told them?
1: It just opens people up. They just start telling you their things as well, which is great because I think people keep things secret, thinking that, which makes you feel like you're the only one with this problem then you realise that. Everyone's got, you know, almost everyone has something and then there's textbooks written about it. And, yeah. yeah. Sometimes just knowing my problem exists in a textbook makes me feel better.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like it's an actual thing. Yeah,
1: because if you go to a psychologist and they go, wow, you're, you're very unique, I've never dealt with anyone with your particular set of mind problems, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you. But to have a psychologist sort of nod and go, oh, yeah, and then just open up a chapter and go, so that's a classic blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, a million people have had it before.
2: Yeah, if it's not just a photo of you. Yeah. Oh, to man. Do you mind if I write
1: this down because I'll yeah. need to expand my textbook? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. I I totally agree with that, that once you're open with people and honest about who you are, it's amazing the reaction that comes back at you. And I think maybe that's why people often love going to comedy because they see a reflection of themselves, you know, back at them. And so the ridiculousness of their lives are kind of Opened up and they can laugh and re- it's a release.
0: Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I guess it's risky. You start talking about how you pooed in a bus <laughs> the other day. Maybe, what? Uh, pooed in a bus? Yeah, but
0: just you shouldn't feel ashamed about that anymore, Luke.
1: That's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, <laughs> I just don't let people sitting next to um, me. I, know.
0: Um, I don't do it on purpose. Going, let's find something horrific from my past to put on stage. (laughs) Another five minutes. That's really (laughs) terrible, doesn't it? But I do do it. This show, my stand-up show in particular is a lot about, is the most honest ever with a lot of personal stuff. I didn't want to be public, but my hand was forced for a bunch of different reasons. And it is scary, but the feedback has been great. But it's not. This For this one, I did a show about getting cheated on, which was more about me working through it, whereas this stuff now is more that thing of going, I'll put this on stage to make it normal for people who are scared to talk about it. You know Mm. what I mean? Mm. So I don't, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm fine. So it's telling it this, that kind of stuff to normalize it, to make it in a way that like, you know, in the same Mm. way as Hannah was the one who I saw her on stage talking about uh, getting medication for depression, anxiety, Mm. and I was like, oh, that's okay. Before, she was the first person I saw her on stage who I'd heard openly talk about it and say, it's fine, if you want to do that, do that. And I was like, oh, shit,
1: Mm. you know, and that made me go
0: to sort of pay it forward and go, well, now every chance I get, I'll openly talk about that kind of stuff in case there's someone who heard me say it and went, oh, shit, it's okay for me to Mm. do that. So, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of it, but more so in hours as well. This is not the kind of stuff for a 10-minute spot kind of business. This is somewhere where I think is a good opportunity when, you've got, when you're doing your own show because you've got an hour with people so you've got enough time for them to get to know you and trust you so you can actually say some more deep stuff that I would never do in a 10-minute club spot mm. at a pub. Yeah. But then sometimes that's the the most amazing thing is when you can do some of the best gigs that I've been the most proud of is when I've done material that I think is more highbrow or more full-on and stuff that I never would normally do in a club, and getting away with it in a club, like making an audience that I don't didn't think would be into it, mm. listen to something about feminism or whatever, you know what I mean, and get them yeah. on, on on board rather mm. than um, pandering, which I find myself sometimes doing. If I'm scared, I'll do if I think it's a, if I think it's a real rough gear, I'll do material that's I'm not particularly proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You do like dial it back stuff a little, or or whatever. More swearing and less, you know. Yeah. How, how do you,
2: um? had you told people in your life about the sort of depression and anxiety and the things that you were coping with before you did it in stand-up? Uh, people who know me know,
0: yeah, yeah. Mm. And it wasn't a one big thing. Like it just slowly happened over over time in terms of it becoming public. It wasn't mm. like a. Guess what, everyone? Status update. You know what I mean? It started <laughs> yeah. with maybe just doing a little bit of stand-up, but then my friend Felicity Ward did a show called Felicity Ward's Mental Mission, which was her talking about her depression and anxiety, and she asked me if she could interview me because we used mm. to live together. And I was like, okay, sure. So that was probably the first time it was in a public thing. But it shouldn't be a big deal. It's not a, It's not a huge big deal. It's not like, you know. I'm contagious and I've got an arm that's going to fall off. It's okay. It's no, what's well,
2: another? It's like we all have issues with our health and things going on, and, the, and mental health is another part of that. It's part of yeah. your body.
0: And also, there is yeah. part of me talking about it in my own terms, sort of protects you a bit, you know, like you making jokes about your own OCD means, yeah, it's the eight You mile, do it first. I do it first here, too. Um, if I call myself a piece of shit first, then yeah, if exactly. If I say how fucked up I am first, then it won't hurt me if you say it.
1: Yeah, if you're your own worst critic, um. Yeah, I agree. You're kind of owning what you fear people might say or think. Yeah. Mm.
2: yeah, I I think it's so interesting. I've I fell over. I probably Luke knows this. I fell over in November last year, smashed my teeth in, smashed three of my front teeth shattered oh on god. a brick.
0: Oh my god! That's <laughs> <not making laughs> so
2: I can't believe I'm telling you this because I don't want to be intervening. But I, what I, it's on this because when it happened, I'd never had any dental work before. I never really even thought about my face and I had to go out into the world and we just started our company and so I'm meeting people all the time and now I've got dentures in and I'm eventually going to get um, them reconstructed but it won't be for another six months because it takes a long time to do and so at night I have to take my teeth out and clean them and then leave them by my bed and (laughs) And so I'm just really lucky I'm with James and I've locked him in because he can't leave Give us a kiss, love. Yeah. But it is. It I mean, that's
0: the choice for your Tinder profile. i like, yeah. do I do the photo, teeth in or out?
2: Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's a good party trick, let oh me tell you.
1: Oh, um, yeah. my was was uh, Did it affect your speech at all when you first put them in? Or? Yeah,
2: it did. It sounded like I had braces and um, like a plate. I have got. It's still a plate in. Um, so it did. I've got better at it. Um, but it is, it's kind of that idea when you're walking in, if you make a joke about it first and you're the first one in, then – no, you you sort of feel better. You feel like no one, no ever you you've said the set first. So even if people are thinking, "Holy shit, what's wrong with their face?" You know, I'll
1: be uh, I'll be right there with you soon, Claire. I've got to get my one of my front ones out and then um get oh. a, get a re- reconstruct isn't it? It's like a fake, yeah, fake,
2: it's like a but it's a permanent, implants. yeah,
1: permanent. yeah. I I'll get, so I got a denture for a while and then I'll get a new one in. Um, Holy but gosh. I'll do it after Rosehaven, I guess, so I can. Because so I've got to have yours. that. Because really I've, also, have to write it I've also got to have it. that. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, exactly, and I've also yeah. got to have that. Um, that cream that um, takes off a layer of your skin, or whatever it is, oh, to yeah. get rid of sunspots. So I'll have a bright red. I'll have missing teeth and a bright red. Uh, crack, crack <laughs> and everyone will as just as be that. acting
0: like everything's normal. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, on the 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 thing of going out into the water, feeling like exposed mm. or whatever. This is just a mm. dumb thing. Good piece of advice from a bad person, which sucks, but I do think of which is. Ninety percent of the time, people are thinking about themselves. Yeah, which actually is really helpful. Like, because when if you, there's something where you go, everyone's thinking this, everyone's looking at me like this, or they're blah blah blah. They're really probably not. They're really thinking, what does that person think of me? If like you know, oh I'd, yeah, I I'd, I'd have it. Nice? I'd have
1: it up at around ninety nine point nine nine. if they're yeah. probably thinking about their own shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's really comforting. It is that no one cares and that no one really (laughs) thinks. No one cares (laughs) about. No
2: one could care less about
1: you. Like you've got friends, but
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, but in a good way. But in a good way, no one matters. Oh, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, we're all specs,
1: exactly. (laughs) Like no one will ever care about you as much as you (laughs) you care about yourself. Like it's (laughs) a yeah. Like no one will ever feed you as much as you'll. I just I'm, I'm over-explaining. You want someone to feed you? Yeah, hang on. A no, second. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with it Because there are people who do who do care for people in that way. And I um I forgot what my ritual point no. was.
2: No, I, I see yeah. where you're going. You know, like you're the one that's going to give yourself the sandwich most of the time. Like you're not going to be um, unless you're in a particular situation. Yeah, I don't know. But happen. it's just
1: it's that. Thing, but yeah, it's just that thing of um. You know, I always used to worry about going to a party. It was like a, I can't remember what it was, but it was, a, it was like a self-help tip that it was just like go 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 out by yourself. Um and just be at a bar by yourself. And what you realise is that no one cares. No one's even looking at you. And it's fine. Because that was always my fear is just like, oh, who's out tonight? Who's am I gonna be I'm or I'm scared as soon as I'm by myself. But so I actually went out. I just I was in Hobart, and I just went out by myself. Um when I was like twenty three or something. I just went out, went to a bar by myself and then I went to a movies by myself and I just it was it was fine. No one cares. Uh, no one minded. Yeah, yeah,
2: and and was your fear that everyone would turn and point and laugh? Or? So I just
1: thought it would be weird. But yeah. it's, so I didn't go to a cafe with myself. Now I do it all the time. Too much. Now I rely. Now I don't probably don't catch with like people, enough, other yeah. people <laughs> yeah, yeah, other people are the worst.
2: <laughs> your own company, though, I think. So I read a quote. Maybe it was Glennon Doyle who said it, that or oh, um, Brene Brown, but that. You have to love yourself first before anything else, because you're with yourself more than anyone else. Mm. In your own head, you're there all the time, so you may as well get to know that person and like
1: them. Because yeah, was Michael Jordan said you've got to be your own worst critic or something, or you've got to be you got to put you got to push yourself harder than anyone else will push you. Which is, I think, creatively or anything you're doing is true and that you've always got to you want to be demanding more from yourself than what everyone else expects. I think it's a good way to. Push yourself to do your best, but also you got to be careful not to be too hard on yourself. Uh, I think I think people can tip over the edge sometimes. Are and... you saying
0: Michael Jordan's
1: wrong? No, no, it's. Uh, <laughs> i I think, uh, but Michael Jordan always pushed harder. You know, I know he's going to listen to this. So I want to make sure I get it right. Um, <laughs> but you know, but you do like. Sometimes I feel like we can, um, uh, like with artists, they just get too down on themselves. Mm-hmm. As a, like so, they're. And I think that's a mistake as well. You've got to, I don't know, there's some sort of balance between ex- pushing yourself to do your best but also not not hating yourself too much that it makes you start not wanting to actually try. Yeah. Yeah. Do I don't have, know if I get the balance right yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I think you're trying a huge amount and creating so much. Do you struggle with that? Because I know a lot of people that listen to this show struggle with that, the putting the stuff out there for other people to look at, you know, like might create it for themselves but that criticism of other people or doubting yourself or do you ever struggle with that
0: kind of stuff I worry sometimes that I'm doing it too much for what people think like I think we talked about this before like if I was on an island I probably wouldn't write jokes you know some people go I'm doing it for me I'll do it because I've got to get it out of my system I don't I do it because I like showing it to people and I want yeah. them to go. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I'd like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I want, I like, I'm scared that they won't like it and all that kind of stuff, but I do it for the, for the, sh- for the showing of it. Mm. Even when I was writing for other people, it was, just, it was getting shown. It was getting
1: out there, you know,
0: I've got a bunch of stuff that's never, never seen the light of day, but I think, but that's why I do it is because I hope that it'll go yeah. somewhere eventually. Um, so it can be, and so I don't ever want to fall into and I, but I don't want to be making stuff because I think it's what people want to see. But I want to, yeah, so it's finding that line between what do I want to make but also what do, what do I think
2: people like. Well, this is
0: the weird thing is because people go, particularly with standard, oh, any of this kind of stuff, you've got to make your thing. You've got to do what's right for you, you know, kind of fuck what people think. Mm. But no, our job is to entertain people. Like yeah. if everyone <laughs> hated then there'd be no people, no one would want to see it. So it's that kind of weird thing of taking them into account but also doing what you want to do. And I heard, I think probably on a podcast, everything I heard Mm, was on a podcast, which was changing the way I think about gigs, which is how can I best serve this audience, not how can I defeat them? Mm. Because sometimes you can get into a thing of stand-up, walking out to a a faceless crowd and being like, I'm going to make you laugh. I'm going to get up there, I'm going to kill. Like in comedy, all the words are really aggressive like, destroy, kill, crush, took the roof off, you know, just mm. taking a crack, controlling them and making them laugh, which is what jokes is, tricking people mm. <laughs> and making, making them do a reaction that they didn't want to do. Well, you know, that they don't, that just comes out of them. And I found this a much better way to do it. So how can I best serve this audience? And maybe that, mean, and that means trying to make them laugh and have a good time. But also sometimes maybe it means telling them something that they might need to hear or might be good for them to hear even though it might not be what they really want to hear right now. Mm. So that's what I'm trying to do more these these days. Which is like with with this show, the nerves going into it was I thought there's a I thought I was a bit concerned that it might be too much sort of political stuff for me, but I mm. stuck to it because I'm like, no, I think this is I think it's important that they hear this it. is a bit, without it, still trying to make it as funny as possible. But
2: mm. I think it's all about intent, isn't it? It's about having that yeah. intention for it to you want it to be funny, but for it to be genuinely. Good, in a not in a way that's like good as in good content, but as in for the good of doing the people. something good. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which can be, weird. and then there's arguments on both sides. Like, comedy oh, should just be funny. Should be our people having a great time and not making them. Why do they have to? Why do you have to learn something? I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you don't. This cl- like it's all a, a spectrum, and that's just the, maybe the next show I do won't be. Maybe it'll be slapstick. Maybe it'll be 50 minutes of cartwheels. It probably won't <laughs> be. I'm pretty. <laughs> You never know. But, yeah, so that's the But I, yeah, I, I am thinking about what people will think about the stuff that I make, mm-hmm. for do, sure.
2: Do you find that a big responsibility? Yes. Mm.
0: Kind of. I hate when, like, for example, our show, Rosehaven, we've accidentally made a family show. So children, like, because it's not swear; it's very silly because we're like that. Yeah. And I feel bad that there might be people who come to my stand-up show because they're Rosehaven fans and will have a terrible time. And I don't want anyone to have a terrible time, but it's, I can't do anything about that. There's just two different parts of my creative stuff, yeah, and I feel responsible. But what can you do?
1: Yeah, it's um, because it, it, it. I mean, what what you find funny is um. The the it's a it's a wide range, and some of your projects fall on one side of it, and yeah. other projects fall on the other. And yeah, it's um, I I don't know when it happened, but my comedy my comedy um, what uh, is your comedy i see yeah, yeah, it as yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't you know a know better, better word for it um, <laughs> uh, i saw. i didn't i stopped swearing in my stand up i don't know when i started i i, I remember first time i um did stand up uh, we can swear on this podcast yeah. can't um, yeah. i i kept saying motherfucker i don't know why <laughs> i think i actually had a line that was it hit me on the motherfucking head at one point i it was a, <laughs> i don't know what happened but, but after after a while all my jokes became my, my like my whole hour show just had no swear words in it. I don't think it even had a uh I think the most it had was one I think one show had one shit in it. Um uh like that was a but yeah and then so now when I write stand up it never has swear words uh, and I don't know why that happened. I don't know what there was no I don't I, I I I like swearing. I swear in real life a lot. Um but I I don't know when it I don't know when that happened then I, it's just something I just kept Doing mm. is not swearing in my stand up, even though I I I I a lot of the stand up I enjoy has swear words in it. I swear a lot in real life because I think it's funny. Um, yeah, I don't know what occurred to make me just remove that from my spots. Mm.
2: I guess, in a way, though, it's whatever comes out and you feel the most comfortable doing, hey, yeah. at the end of the day to the audience. And
1: I haven't had a joke yet that was better with a swear word in it, but I'm sure, but I think if I wrote one that it was. Wasn't working unless it, I had a swear in it. um a swear, then I would I would leave it in. Mm. Yeah.
2: So you never know. One day.
1: Keep your keep keep coming to gigs. Yeah, so exactly. ready for that reveal. So
0: the back,
1: motherfucking yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Good night. Does that mean when you become a rapper that you will no longer oh, swear? Yeah. No swearing in your rap.
1: God, I'd love to be able to rap. It would just be, it just looks, it just looks fun. Yeah, it does. It looks really fun. Like singing is awesome and that would be fun as well. But just to be able to, just, just, I I keep watching YouTube videos of people um, who do spontaneous um, raps and raps. um, So good because you can, I mean, I, I guess you can do it without any sort of singing, but, um, just to have someone just start um, get a beat going for you, or just tapping on a car hood, and then you start, and then someone just starts rapping. It's just I don't know. It just it looks it's just something I want to be able to do or be part of. But um, I guess I could learn how to play the drums instead, and then I can do that that side of it. But um, yeah, I, I think maybe I just get I just got really influenced by this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> you never know though. You never
2: because you just got to keep making stuff, don't you? At the end of the day. Yeah, so, it's not. It's, it's way on the list. <laughs> I, I want
1: to learn Japanese at some point, which would be cool. Um, so I'll probably try to run to that first. Yeah. Learn piano.
2: You could learn to rap in Japanese.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You could combine could the be skills. Got a busy
2: weekend ahead yeah. <laughs> 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 Um. Now I'm conscious I've taken up a lot of your time that you were supposed to be writing. So it's going to be like 45 minutes. That's like a whole show of Rosehaven or longer. Yeah, so yeah, longer. Sorry, yeah, hour Yep, um, but I so I'm really grateful and thank you so much. It's just been so insightful. Um, I just wanted to finish on um, one more question, um, and I I guess I wanted to ask you, Celia. This is a big question, but um, I know we we just touched on very briefly about feminism and the movement that's happening at the moment. Me too. Do you have um, a perspective on it now at this current time?
0: Oh, i You first. have to come to my show. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I do and I don't. I think it's too big. It, it's, I think part of the problem is people saying they've got a definitive view on it. I feel like anyone puts any kind of opinion forward, there's always someone going, "Yeah, but what about like this?" Is I think the problem with it is that people are too quick to define stuff, or I don't I don't know. There's all oh, there's just everyone is confused everyone we feel like there's an opportunity for change and people are trying and sometimes you try and get it wrong like this is something in my show that that I find that sort of really represents the difficult place that we're in now which is there's a lot of men publicly saying right now that it's time to listen to women which on the surface is great because they're on women's side that's a great message that it's time to listen to women but how about instead of saying it's time to listen to women just listen to a woman. You know what I mean? So this is what I'm saying. So that's a man who thinks they're doing, who's trying to do the right thing, but it's still not right enough. And I don't want to get mad. at. Like I could be like, well, f- fuck that man. You don't, not doing enough. Mm. But I'm not, because I see that that intention is there. And I just feel like it's the time for everyone. Just, just, just chill for a bit. Like, yes, um, come down hard on people who d- deserve it. And we should absolutely perpetrate it. This is the, the point, but. We just, let's just, let's just um, accept that this is uh, up in the air right now and that's we're all trying to move forward and figuring it out. Mm. I don't know. But what we can do is, I think it, it's overall will be positive moving forward. I really hope. I feel like actually right now what's scaring me a bit is that it's sort of dying down a bit, whereas it feels like it's just going to go back to normal and mm-hmm. I desperately don't want that to happen, that it was this big opportunity that it's just sort of, becoming a bit of old news Mm -hmm. a bit in some circles Mm -hmm. like yeah well you had you had your thing now Mm -hmm. it's just gonna keep sort of um going but uh, yeah so I don't I don't know um but I do talk about this stuff in my show and that's another thing where I thought I felt a bit weird talking about it because once you take a position
1: Mm.
0: it's you have to be really sure about it Uh, two, I wanted to make it funny and it's hard to make it funny when you're really mad about it, (laughs) um, and make men not feel attacked because you have to worry about their feelings because they're, because good guys are like, Oh, not me, you know, and also that kind of stuff. But I thought if I'm going to say that men should just be listening to women, then women have to actually talk. Then that's, I'm in a position where I could do that. So this is my Mm. issue and my experience. So it's my responsibility to be talking about it now Mm. in a capacity of which I am comfortable. Mm. Which is what I'm doing. It's Does that answer the question, I don't know. It's it's such a huge. There's so many different things going
1: on. But you're you're right. It's scary to. Um, I mean, even what you um because you you, you want to put forward a viewpoint or you want to contribute, but then it's like, but your your viewpoint might evolve, but then you've got this. Yeah, but so just, it's like it's yeah. just it's 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 What's it's that it's,
0: word that, that's when when people like. Slam someone for...
1: Shaming or...? Yeah,
0: well, writing someone off. For for example, like something like the Aziz Ansari thing Mm. and when some woman would say, oh, that's not that bad. I mean, no, it's not as bad as... But then someone else would go, but it's still bad, like attacking each other over the things I don't... I find it just is this real pit of... Mm. Is this anything good coming out of this? Like just... Just give everyone. Uh, just I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Just. Just. I guess it is. It comes down, doesn't it, to that listening thing in a genuine way to, yeah. to everybody without
0: listening and jump believing in. in no one. That we don't have to start any like real witch hunts of each other. Because it feels like people get their blood up and they because they should because everyone's really mad. Mm. But the the answer is not going to be immediate. The answer is not going to be one um you know big red button that's going to suddenly stop all of this it's ingrained in the society and the world this is an ongoing thing that's been going on forever and there's no quick fix to it so there's going to be this confusing time but just as long as everyone's intentions keep being positive and doing little things mm. then hopefully it will get better you know
1: mm. absolutely yeah, yeah. I remember one thing that uh, and I I know this is probably going to make me seem like a moron but I remember um when I was growing up like playing a video game and you'd um you'd like you'd complete a series of levels and save the princess and I I realized as I grew older that I, I really did have a belief in my head that um courting um uh, a woman was like was doing a series of tasks so it was like you if you did this and this and this and this, or like you know you were friendly, or you would you became left to the airport and things like that, that would be what made someone like you. And if they didn't, it was like, but you owe me. I did all this stuff, and I don't I don't know where that belief came from. Or and you know, video games is that that's a really I, to, I don't know if the word's reductionist way of looking at it. But but I, I did have that sort of belief, and then later, and especially. um I don't know as I as I got older, especially with this movement happening, I'm just like it's just I can't believe that even was in my head, but it was, it really was. And yeah, and me. I and I see I see people a lot younger than me um, now. I see them with the same mindset that I had. Mm. Um, sorry, you so were going to say? Yeah, me. no, I
0: was just saying on that, but like feeling deserving. You do this and this and this, and then you deserve a woman, exactly. which is the prize. Exactly. It's um, and is also re- making them like an ownership thing and yeah a, and, a, and a commodity thing rather than a person like one of the things we used to do growing up like if someone was hitting on you and you wanted them to go away you just say oh, i have a boyfriend and yeah. men would walk away because they go oh you already belong to someone that's fine it's not if i say go away because i don't want you to be here mm. they're like well what's your problem i've oh. like, got a boyfriend I'm like oh you belong to someone fine i don't want to step on that guy's toes Mm. Yeah, I, I, really
1: had the, like? I had the same. Uh, yeah, I was I was one of those guys. I'd hear I don't ha- I, unless someone if someone didn't have a boyfriend if they were single I'd be like, well, I don't understand why you're not giving me a chance then, as opposed yeah. to just I don't want to date you and that's fine. Yeah, but yeah, I'd be I'd be like, well, if you're single, I don't see why I can't at least take you on a date. That seems crazy to me. I'm just like, oh god. Um, but yeah, and you just um, yes, I know. I feel embarrassed even saying it. I'm scared. No, I'm and I'm scared to talk about this stuff out loud. But it's um, but I I, I did. I did think like that, um, and I, I yeah I think it's why it's so important that this movement does stay but around. What, I think
0: it needs, it's, the conversations mm. need to keep happening, which yeah. is why I think it can be dangerous slamming people if they just use the wrong use the wrong word or somewhere ways. like the yeah. conversation is what's important and listening and going oh yeah I hadn't thought about it like that. Mm. Like there's this guy a friend of mine who said this to me, I've never seen actually in the flesh someone change their mind. It's amazing. It's very rare and very hard to do. But sometimes you just get the nice right combination of words. Anyway, I was talking about like cat call. He said to me, well, once I had, I've had women yell out the car at me, sexual stuff, is that the same thing? Like isn't that the same? And I was like, well, the question is, did you feel physically threatened by that? And he said, no. I'm like, "That's that's it. And like, you know, what, what would you say to, yeah. And I was, I was like, that's, that's the difference. Like, oh yeah, I guess. Right. Wow. And I was like,
2: yeah. So the penny just go. Yeah. yeah which
0: doesn't usually, because usually people are saying in their ways and they're own defensive with their bunch of things, bunch of things. Like, well, it's no mm-hmm. different to this. And now I can't. Ugh, anyway.
2: Yeah. So it's how do we change perspectives? It's funny, like, well, not funny, but interesting that you said that because I asked my husband this question. He said the exact same thing. I said what would you want to teach our son about being a man and and he said that women don't owe you anything and I, and yeah. I to me I was blown away by that I was like what do you mean like what, there are a lot of things you want to teach him about and he's yeah but that's a real thing for guys that they you know understanding that women are people
0: that's what I said. Yeah. I don't they don't get they're people. I know it's amazing. I,
2: they don't I think of not, us. But, That blew people. my mind. someone I've, heard, I've known for like thirteen years, and that was the first thing that yeah. he said. And they don't owe you anything. Doesn't matter how many flowers you buy or yeah. things you say. Yeah, exactly. That surprised me. So you're definitely not alone. I reckon that's a really common. I um. Thing. I, I don't
1: know if this is a horrible. I don't know if this is a horrible analogy, but I when I was sort of, I don't know. One thing that helped me get my head around it was if a if a if a if a, if a bunch of Grizzly bears in a car drove past me and said, "You look delicious." And they're like, and I'll, I'd be scared. And they'd be like, "I'd be like, what?" I just said, "He looked, he looked delicious." I'm not, I'm not going to eat him. I'm just driving past, saying how, how delicious he looks. And that's kind of, I know that's a, maybe that's a, the worst knowledge in the world. But I, um, you know, you don't, you go through your whole. I know, I, ne- I never, I've never gone through my whole life. I've never, got, I never felt, um, I don't know, physically intimidated by a woman calling out to me I just and so it's um there are people who are far braver than me obviously but it does I use it's I I do get scared talking about this stuff just because I I know I don't I'm not coming from a place of I don't know I um I want to do what I can to help but I also don't I don't I don't know you don't want
2: to offend anyone yeah
1: Yeah. or um risks saying something that maybe later I'll realize was dumb and then I've but now I've got it on a podcast something and which is which is bad I guess because if we're not talking about this stuff then we're not Moving to a better place. Yeah. So, um
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think I think that's what I like, I agree with you, as Celia was saying that the there is this fear out there of of speaking about this because of that reason, that you can feel like things get blown up out of proportion. But it's exactly what needs to happen, I think, for change to happen. I don't know, I think.
0: I think yeah. it, I think we don't I think it's okay to not know. Mm. it's going to be a slow process it took a long time yeah, it's been like thousands now. of years. so yeah. and yeah yeah so i think yeah mm.
2: i reckon I, I i to me though overwhelmingly i feel positive about it all in the end that it's out there and we're talking about it and it's things are changing and change is scary but it's also kind of exciting i think, so
0: too. I think from now on it will i think it's a confusing what we do about the stuff that's happened in the past up until now how we clean up the all this Big mess. Mm. But I feel like from now on, most people would feel in a stronger position to call it out or stop mm. it in its tra- you know what i you know? Yeah. So Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. we we'll get there. Slowly. <laughs> 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 I don't know, it's telling Tony Roberts. <laughs> oh, let's not even go there. Anyway, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank thank you you for uh, thank you for having us. Oh, it's been lovely. Um, so where can we find you for people who are listening to the show? What have you got coming up? You want to quickly share?
1: Um, uh, Celia and I have entered in the martial arts tournament. um, (laughs) Rosehaven, I guess, would be the next. When's this come out?
2: Um, probably next week.
1: You still have a show? No, you. you I might be adding
0: an extra show in comedy festival, but. Who,
1: knows? Who um, knows? Probably it'd be Rose Haven. I see the next yeah, one yeah, mm. coming to you at, at some, some point. point. <laughs> <Or> the, <laughs>
0: first, the first two series are, I don't know
1: where they're available. Just watch <laughs> TV non stop. Yeah. Oh, they're on IBC or... feel
2: again. Oh, they're yeah, they're oh, coming wow, out okay, again on, 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 on iView. Um, yep, yep. Yeah.
1: Um, or uh, if you see us in the street, say hi. Um, <laughs> wave. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. In a friendly manner. In a fr- Oh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, and give us $10. Uh- <laughs> Excellent. That sounds great. Um, and you're on Netflix too, right? You've got a comedy special. No. Or Stan? Oh, Stan. Yeah, on my, Stan. My, my,
0: my, two, my show from two years ago. Yeah, it's really
2: awesome. Side. It's really good. I highly recommend that too.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Thanks,
2: Thank you. Guys. You've been listening to a podcast called Just Make the Thing with me, your host Claire Tonti, and the wonderful Celia Bacola and Luke McGregor you can find Celia's stand-up and lukewarm sex on Stan and you can find the complete first and second seasons of Rosehaven and all of Utopia on iTunes. Luke's show Almost Fixed It and Celia's show All Talk are both currently playing in the Melbourne Comedy Festival. If you haven't already, go and find something these guys have made and watch it. You won't regret it. For more information about our podcast, you can visit www.planetbroadcasting.com. You can find me on Instagram at Claire Tonti or on Twitter at Mrs. Sunday Movies. And you can email the show at thingpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And click subscribe, guys, for more interviews and more conversations about how to make a thing and how to keep doing it. It really helps us. And while you're there we'd love you to rate and review the show too in itunes okay that's enough of the plugging i hope you're out there continuing to create i'd love to hear from you about what you're up to and have a really lovely week if you're in melbourne try and stay dry it's very wet here okay bye guys